Chapter Nine of Sastrozzi. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Sastrozzi, a romance by Percy Bysshe Shelley. Chapter Nine. Art thou afraid to be the same in thine own act and valour as thou art in desire? wouldst thou have that which thou esteemest the ornament of life or live a coward in thine own esteem letting i dare not wait upon i would macbeth for love is heaven and heaven is love lay of the last minstrel the soul of verezzi was filled with irresistible disgust as recovering he found himself in matilda's arms his whole frame trembled with chilly horror and he could scarcely withhold himself from again fainting he fixed his eyes upon the countenance they met hers an ardent fire mingled with a touching softness filled their orbits in a hurried and almost inarticulate accent he reproached matilda with perfidy baseness and even murder the roseate colour which had tinged matilda's cheek gave place to an ashy hue the animation which had sparkled in her eye yielded to a confused expression of apprehension as the almost delirious verezzi uttered accusations he knew not the meaning of for his brain maddened by the idea of julia's death was whirled round in an ecstasy of terror matilda seemed to have composed every passion a forced serenity overspread her features as in a sympathizing and tender tone she entreated him to calm his emotions and giving him a composing medicine left him she descended to the saloon ah he yet despises me he even hates me ejaculated matilda an irresistible antipathy irresistible i fear as my love for him is ardent has taken possession of his soul towards me ah miserable hapless being that i am doomed to have my fondest hope my brightest prospect blighted alive alike to the tortures of despair and the illusions of hope matilda now in an agony of desperation impatiently paced the saloon her mind was inflamed by a more violent emotion of hate towards julia as she recollected verezzi's fond expressions she determined however that were verezzi not to be hers he should never be julia's whilst thus she thought zastrozzi entered the conversation was concerning verezzi how shall i gain his love exclaimed matilda 
oh i will renew every tender office i will watch by him day and night and by unremitting attentions i will try to soften his flinty soul but alas it was but now that he started from my arms in horror and in accents of desperation accused me of perfidy of murder could i be perfidious to verezzi my heart which burns with so fervent a fire declares i could not and murder matilda paused would thou could say thou were guilty or even accessory to that exclaimed sastrozzi his eye gleaming with disappointed ferocity would julia of strobazzo's heart was reeking on my dagger fervently do i join in that wish my best sastrozzi returned matilda but alas what avail wishes what avail useless protestations of revenge whilst julia yet lives yet lives perhaps again to obtain verezzi to clasp him constant to her bosom and perhaps oh horror perhaps to stung to madness by the picture which her fancy had portrayed matilda paused her bosom heaved with throbbing palpitations and whilst describing the success of her rival her warring soul shone apparent from her scintillating eyes sastrozzi meanwhile stood collected in himself and scarcely heeding the violence of matilda awaited the issue of her speech he besought her to calm herself nor by those violent emotions unfit herself for prosecuting the attainment of her fondest hope are you firm inquired sastrozzi yes are you resolved does fear amid the other passions shake your soul no no this heart knows not to fear this breast knows not to shrink exclaimed matilda eagerly then be cool be collected returned sastrozzi and thy purpose is effected though little was in these words which might warrant hope yet matilda's susceptible soul as sastrozzi spoke thrilled with anticipated delight my maxim therefore said sastrozzi through life has been wherever i am whatever passions shake my inmost soul at least to appear collected i generally am by suffering no common events no fortuitous casualty to disturb me my soul becomes steeled to more interesting trials i have a spirit ardent impetuous as thine but acquaintance with the world has induced me to veil it though it still continues to burn within my bosom 
believe me i am far from wishing to persuade you from your purpose no any purpose undertaken with ardour and prosecuted with perseverance must eventually be crowned with success love is worthy of any risk i felt it once but revenge has now swallowed up every other feeling of my soul i am alive to nothing but revenge but even did i desire to persuade you from the purpose on which your heart is fixed i should not say it was wrong to attempt it for whatever procures pleasure is right and consonant to the dignity of man who was created for no other purpose but to obtain happiness else why were passions given us why were those emotions which agitate my breast and madden my brain implanted in us by nature as for the confused hope of a future state why should we debar ourselves of the delights of this even though purchased by what the misguided multitude calls immorality thus sophistically argued sastrozzi his soul deadened by crime could only entertain confused ideas of immortal happiness for in proportion as human nature departs from virtue so far are they also from being able clearly to contemplate the wonderful operations the mysterious ways of providence coolly and collectedly argued Zastrozzi. he delivered his sentiments with the air of one who was totally convinced of the truth of the doctrines he uttered a conviction to be dissipated by shunning proof whilst Zastrozzi thus spoke matilda remained silent she paused Sastrozzi must have strong powers of reflection he must be convinced of the truth of his own reasoning thought matilda as eagerly she yet gazed on his countenance its unchanging expression of firmness and conviction still continued ah said matilda Sastrozzi, thy words are a balm to my soul i never yet knew thy real sentiments on this subject but answer me do you believe that the soul decays with the body or if you do not when this perishable form mingles with its parent earth where goes the soul which now actuates its movements perhaps it wastes its fervent energies in tasteless apathy or lingering torments matilda returned Sastrozzi, think not so rather suppose that by its own innate and energetical exertions this soul must endure for ever that no fortuitous occurrences no incidental events can affect its happiness 
but by daring boldly by striving to verge from the beaten path whilst yet trammelled in the chains of mortality it will gain superior advantages in a future state but religion oh Zastrozzi! i thought thy soul was daring replied Zastrozzi. i thought thy mind was towering and did i then err in the different estimate i had formed of thy character oh yield not yourself matilda thus to false foolish and vulgar prejudices for the present farewell saying this zastrozzi departed thus by an artful appeal to her passions did zastrozzi extinguish the faint spark of religion which yet gleamed in matilda's bosom in proportion as her belief of an omnipotent power and consequently her hopes of eternal salvation declined her ardent and unquenchable passion for verezzi increased and a delirium of guilty love filled her soul shall i then call him mine for ever mentally inquired matilda will the passion which now consumes me possess my soul to all eternity ah oh, well i know it will and when emancipated from this terrestrial form my soul departs still its fervent energies unrepressed will remain and in the union of soul to soul it will taste celestial transports an ecstasy of tumultuous and confused delight rushed through her veins she stood for some time immersed in thought agitated by the emotions of her soul her every limb trembled she thought upon zastrozzi's sentiments she almost shuddered as she reflected yet was convinced by the cool and collected manner in which she had delivered them she thought on his advice and stealing her soul repressing every emotion she now acquired that coolness so necessary to the attainment of her desire thinking of nothing else alive to no idea but verezzi matilda's countenance assumed a placid serenity she even calmed her soul she bid it restrain its emotions and the passions which so lately had battled fiercely in her bosom were calmed she again went to verezzi's apartment but as she approached vague fears lest he should have penetrated her schemes confused her but his mildly beaming eyes as she gazed upon them convinced her that the horrid expressions which he had before uttered were merely the effect of temporary delirium ah matilda exclaimed verezzi where have you been matilda's soul alive alike to despair and hope 
was filled with momentary delight as he addressed her but bitter hate and disappointed love again tortured her bosom as he exclaimed in accents of heartfelt agony oh julia my long-lost julia matilda said he my friend farewell i feel that i am dying but i feel pleasure oh transporting pleasure in the idea that i shall soon meet my julia matilda added he in a softened accent farewell for ever scarcely able to contain the emotions which the idea alone of verezzi's death excited matilda though the crisis of the disorder she knew had been favourable shuddered bitter hate even more rancorous than ever kindled in her bosom against julia for to hear verezzi talk of her with soul-subduing tenderness but wound up her soul to the highest pitch of uncontrollable vengeance her breast heaved violently her dark eye in expressive glances told the fierce passions of her soul yet sensible of the necessity of controlling her emotions she leaned her head upon her hand and when she answered verezzi a calmness a melting expression of grief overspread her features she conjured him in the most tender the most soothing terms to compose himself and though julia was gone for ever to remember that there was yet one in the world one tender friend who would render the burden of life less insupportable oh matilda exclaimed verezzi talk not to me of comfort talk not of happiness all that constituted my comfort all to which i look forward with rapturous anticipation of happiness is fled fled for ever ceaselessly did matilda watch by the bedside of verezzi the melting tenderness of his voice the melancholy interesting expression of his countenance but added fuel to the flame which consumed her her soul was engrossed by one idea every extraneous passion was conquered and nerved for the execution of its fondest purpose a seeming tranquillity overspread her mind not that tranquillity which results from conscious innocence and mild delights but that which calms every tumultuous emotion for a time when firm in a settled purpose the passions but pause to break out with more resistless violence in the meantime the strength of verezzi's constitution overcame the malignity of his disorder returning strength again braced his nerves and he was able to descend to the saloon 
the violent grief of verezzi had subsided into a deep and settled melancholy he could now talk of his julia indeed it was his constant theme he spoke of her virtues her celestial form her sensibility and by his ardent professions of eternal fidelity to her memory unconsciously almost drove matilda to desperation once he asked matilda how she died for on the day when the intelligence first turned his brain he waited not to hear the particulars the bare fact drove him to instant madness matilda was startled at the question yet ready invention supplied the place of a premeditated story oh my friend said she tenderly unwillingly do i tell you that for you she died disappointed love like a worm in the bud destroyed the unhappy julia fruitless were all her endeavours to find you till at last concluding that you were lost to her for ever a deep melancholy by degrees consumed her and gently led to the grave she sank into the arms of death without a groan and there shall i soon follow her exclaimed verezzi as a severer pang of anguish and regret darted through his soul i caused her death whose life was far far dearer to me than my own but now it is all over my hopes of happiness in this world are blasted blasted for ever as he said this a convulsive sigh heaved his breast and the tears silently rolled down his cheeks for some time in vain were matilda's endeavours to calm him till at last mellowed by time and overcome by reflection his violent and fierce sorrow was softened into a fixed melancholy unremittingly matilda attended him and gratified his every wish she conjecturing that solitude might be detrimental to him often entertained parties and endeavoured by gaiety to drive away his dejection but if verezzi's spirits were elevated by company and merriment in solitude again they sank and a deeper melancholy a severer regret possessed his bosom for having allowed himself to be momentarily interested by anything but the remembrance of his julia for he felt a soft a tender and ecstatic emotion of regret when retrospection portrayed the blissful time long since gone by while happy in the society of her whom he idolized he thought he could be never otherwise than then enjoying the sweet the serene delights of association with a congenial mind he often now amused himself in retracing with his pencil from memory 
scenes which though in his julius society he had beheld unnoticed yet were now hallowed by the remembrance of her for he always associated the idea of julia with the remembrance of those scenes which she had so often admired and where accompanied by her he had so often wandered matilda meanwhile firm in the purpose of her soul unremittingly persevered she calmed her mind and though at intervals shook by almost superhuman emotions before verezzi a fixed serenity a well-feigned sensibility and a downcast tenderness marked her manner grief melancholy a fixed a quiet depression of spirits seemed to have calmed every fiercer feeling when she talked with verezzi of his lost julia but though subdued for the present revenge hate and the fervour of disappointed love burned her soul often when she had retired from verezzi when he had talked with tenderness as he was wont of julia and sworn everlasting fidelity to her memory would matilda's soul be tortured by fiercest desperation one day when conversing with him of julia she ventured to hint though remotely at her own faithful and ardent attachment think you replied verezzi that because my julia's spirit is no longer enshrined in its earthly form that i am the less devotedly the less irrevocably hers no no i was hers i am hers and to all eternity shall be hers and when my soul divested of mortality departs into another world even amid the universal wreck of nature attracted by congeniality of sentiment it will seek the unspotted spirit of my idolized julia oh matilda thy attention thy kindness calls for my warmest gratitude thy virtue demands my sincerest esteem but devoted to the memory of julia i can love none but her matilda's whole frame trembled with unconquerable emotion as thus determinedly he rejected her but calming the more violent passions a flood of tears rushed from her eyes and as she leant over the back of a sofa on which she reclined her sobs were audible verezzi's soul was softened towards her he raised the humbled matilda and bid her be comforted for he was conscious that her tenderness towards him deserved not an unkind return oh forgive forgive me exclaimed matilda with well-feigned humility i knew not what i said she then abruptly left the saloon 
reaching her own apartment matilda threw herself on the floor in an agony of mind too great to be described those infuriate passions restrained as they had been in the presence of verezzi now agitated her soul with inconceivable terror shook by sudden and irresistible emotions she gave vent to her despair where then is the boasted mercy of god exclaimed the frantic matilda if he suffer his creatures to endure agony such as this or where his wisdom if he implant in the heart passions furious uncontrollable as mine doomed to destroy their happiness outraged pride disappointed love and infuriate revenge revelled through her bosom revenge which called for innocent blood the blood of the hapless julia her passions were now wound up to the highest pitch of desperation in indescribable agony of mind she dashed her head against the floor she imprecated a thousand curses upon julia and swore eternal revenge at last exhausted by their own violence the warring passions subsided a calm took possession of her soul she thought again upon zastrozzi's advice was she now cool was she now collected she was now immersed in a chain of thought unaccountable even to herself was the serenity which had succeeded end of chapter nine recording by martin giessen in hazelmere surrey